Oh, hello, everybody, and welcome to My Dumb Dumb Brain with Corey Ryan Forrester! Okay, buddy, maybe calm down a little bit. Yeah, it's a 30-minute podcast. You're not doing Seinfeld or anything here. Just, just Well, uh, I'm sorry. I get excited about stuff uh-huh. that I do. There's people here. There's nice people here that are That's listening true. to this. Is that not worth getting excited That's, for? Okay. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. That's... Yes, welcome to My Dumb Dumb Brain with Corey Ryan Forster. Okay, cool. Thank you guys for letting me off the hook. Hey, today on My Dumb Dumb Brain, we're going to talk about death. We're going to talk about winning, and we're going to talk about food. It's going to be a great episode. Thank you all for subscribing. Remember, by the way, if you haven't subscribed to the $5 tier, it'd be really awesome if you did, because here's the thing. If everyone that is subscribed for free right now decided to subscribe for $5 then, oh my goodness, we would be able to do so many more stories. I would have so much more time to do the stories that you love. Now, here's the thing. It's fine, though. Uh, I'm I'm glad you're here, even if it's just for free. But by the way, if you're someone out there and you were like, I wish that I could do the $5. I wish that I could do the thing where I get everything early and I get all the bonus stories, but it's just that, like, work, you know, I got laid off or I'm on strike or the holidays were hard. Guess what? If you email me at Corey... Uh, that's not true. If you email me at buttercreamcory at gmail.com, I will comp you a subscription, no questions asked, because I don't ever want this to be about the money. But again, if you can afford it, then please do. Subscribe for $5, and uh, the more subscriptions I have, the more stories I'll be able to do. So, hey, uh, anyways, on with the show! My goodness, what a freaking weekend for your boy. As a lot of y'all out there in the uh, in the Corey Writes for You universe know, I am a diehard Georgia Bulldogs fan, have been uh, my whole life, and, you know, for the past several years, it has been the will-they-won't-they uh, story of of sports, you know, are, are there? You know, we get there every year. We get close there every year. Is Kirby Smart going to be able to beat Nick Saban? You know, he's zero four against Nick Saban. Ah, oh, Georgia is meant to lead people to the the mountaintop, but they can't actually cross themselves. And by God, we did it. And when I tell you that I lost my absolute shit, I mean, I'm talking. I was in I was in Los Angeles. I was with Trey. And we were shooting a new project, which I think I've talked about maybe on here because I give y'all privileged information. Um, we're, me and Trey are doing a new podcast, and uh, it's not we're not ready to announce a, a date or anything. But the I can tell y'all what it's about just because y'all are my special people here. It is a um, it's called Putting on Airs, and it's a show where we two rednecks talk about uh, fancy people stuff. And like, uh, and not just fancy people stuff. Well, yeah, like, like we, you know, like one of our episodes, we'll talk about uh, dressage horses, and then I will do a history lesson on Henry the Eighth. So it's that. If if you're into uh, us and you're into all that, you're gonna love it. So stay tuned for when we announce putting on airs. But we were out there doing that, and when we had set up the dates to work on that, uh, we we do these in like we. I think we just got through doing our sixteenth episode because we're banking a bunch. Um, because we're going to need to bank a bunch because this summer we're writing a book together and we're going to Europe. And so we're like, we got to get a lot of episodes together. Well, we do them in batches. So we do like eight episodes at a time. Well, when I had planned coming out there to do the second batch of episodes, like the, the, the national championship 
there wasn't even a, a nobody was thinking about it. It was so long ago that we booked all this and we set aside the time. So, anyways, it comes down to it, and I'm telling I get out there and I tell Trey, I'm like, oh, Monday, man, that's going to be a little rough for me. And he's like, what are you talking about? I go, well, the national championships at, uh, well, it's five, it'll be five out here, and we're planning on shooting at seven. And he was just like, oh, my God. He's like, dude, we're going to have to, we're going to have to move that. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I, this is the time we set out to come out here. You know, I'm more, I'm a professional. I can, we'll watch the game, we'll take breaks, you know, I said, no, I gotta tell you, if it, if it's, if it gets, if it's real close towards the end, we're going to have to pause on the set and allow me to watch the fourth quarter in its entirety, which is what happened, we, you know, the, obviously the whole game was close, but we would shoot a promo, and then I would run back there and catch five minutes of the game, and then they'd go to a timeout, and we'd go shoot more promos, and then it got, it was like, well, it's halftime, I was like, Jesus Christ, it's really close, so we tried to get as much work as we could done at halftime, and then, Fourth quarter comes, and Eve Trey made the call. He goes, dude, let's just shut down the set. <laughs> let's have everybody work on some individual stuff because, by God, he's like, you've got to watch this game. And I did. And he listened to me lose my mind. I, and you can ask him, and he will tell you this is true. I called a, I, it, the whole fourth quarter. I told him, I said, Trey Neal, I said, I'm telling you, I feel it in my bones. A pick six is happening. I don't know if it's going to be on this drive, but I'm telling you right now, a pick six is happening, and that's going to do it. And by God, if we didn't get the most glorious pick six I have ever seen in my life to seal the deal, oh, God, it it was beautiful, man. I didn't think I was going to do this, but I cried. I totally 100% cried. And I know a lot of people out there probably think that's crazy yeah and I get it it's not like I'm a member of the team it's not like I have a son on the team and the thing is I didn't even go to the University of Georgia (laughs) I didn't I didn't go to any type of college as I've uh, said a bunch on here but I've been such a fan for so long and it means a lot to me you know and uh me and Trey were talking about how, like, I know there's a, there's a lot of people, and and look, it's it's we we all like what we like, you know. But there's gonna be people even on this podcast that are gonna I'm gonna get some sort of comment like, oh, I can't believe you're talking about sports ball, or like, oh, yay, one team versus another team. People like to uh, people that don't like sports tend to really um, overplay the meathead aspect of sports in that, like, basically, like. The reason that they don't like sports is because they're too much of an intellectual to have ever to to possibly like sports and anybody that likes sports is dumb. And here's the thing. Obviously, a bunch of dumb people like sports. Uh when you've got something that most everybody likes, most everybody is going to include a bunch of dumb sons of bitches. You are correct. But one thing that's truly great about sports that me and Trey were talking about is that when Georgia won, there was several occurrences happening at the same time across the country, whether it be in a bar, whether it be in someone's house, whether it be in a field party, whatever. When Georgia won the game, there were two people who otherwise disagree on every single thing in the entire world. And they might not even know each other. They might not even know that otherwise they would hate each other. But in that moment, 
They're hugging each other's necks simply because they are both wearing a Georgia jersey or both wearing a Georgia polo or both were just rooting against Alabama. <laughs> There's that too, by the way. It could just simply be. I do think it's another thing that made that game so great to me is that I was me and, uh, I, I'm going to say me and Trey were talking a lot on this episode because I was just with Trey for a week and that's my best friend. Um, but we were just talking if if Georgia if Georgia had played Cincinnati for the national championship and we won, obviously it would have been sweet to win the national championship either way, but it made it and I'm so sorry for all my Alabama fans listening because I know there are a bunch. It made it just that much sweeter. And it did feel like for that brief moment, because it's not like everybody loves Georgia, but it made it feel like for that brief moment, we were America's team. Like there were plenty of people who were like, otherwise I would never in a million years root for the Georgia Bulldogs. But by God, they're playing Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. And God damn it, I do not want to see them get a seventh national championship. I would much rather watch the Georgia Bulldogs get their first in 41 years, baby! First in 41 years. And I saw it. And it was glorious. And I've said this before every Georgia season, and I'm in it. And now that we've won it, I, I can tell you that I feel the same way. I, told, I, I was told Trey, we were talking... And I said, uh, obviously, I hope we win another one next year. Obviously, I hope we win 10 more. That'd be great. But I'm telling you, if we don't, if we suck from now until the end of days, it was worth it all, man. It For that moment, like I've seen it. I was 34 years old when I saw it. A grown man, fully into my fandom. You know, like Trey and all them Tennessee fans, they saw a national championship, sure. But it was when they were 12. They couldn't enjoy it that much. I enjoyed every second of it, and it just felt like the culmination of years and years and years of getting right there and then having your heart broken. Sure, I mean, look, there's worse ways to have your heart broke than to like consistently go to the SEC championship and go to national championships and stuff. I get it, but I've always maintained that like it's harder when you're and when you get almost there, then it is to like just not ever even know what that's like. It has to be. Like if I'm watching a game, I would rather us get the shit kicked out of us than for us to lose on a last second field goal. Because we get the shit kicked out of us. Well, now at least I don't have to care. But if we get beat on a last second field goal, I cared the whole time and then was disappointed. My this makes me sound like I'm not that big of a football fan, but like my ideal game is a game that I turn off at halftime because we're winning so bad. My ideal game is we win so bad that I didn't even see the fourth quarter. Does that make sense to a lot of people? But it was glorious, man. It was absolutely tremendous. Um, I've gotten better about, I don't get like, you know, when Georgia loses a game, it's like, okay, what, I mean, regular season, it's like, okay, whatever. You know, I do not let, much like I try now not to let um, the, attitudes of 350 strangers determine my night uh, uh every night when I do stand up like you know if a bunch of drunk people are there being crazy I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let that affect my mood going into the next week they don't get to own me like that well I think we, people should start really thinking about that with 18 and 19 year old boys <laughs> because and I did a long time ago I'm like it just doesn't matter that much it's something that I love to love and I love to love it when it's good, but when it's bad, it's just like, okay, whatever. It's no big deal. 
so I don't get as emotionally invested in it as I used to, but I was emotionally invested this Monday, baby. And it just, I mean, you know, being a dog fan my whole life, being someone who goes down to Athens. I hadn't been in a while. You know, I've been working, been real super busy with a bunch of projects. But I used to go down to Athens every weekend. My buddies, a lot of my buddies went to school there. And, I mean, I would make a whole thing of it. I would go down on Thursday and stay till, usually not leave till like Monday morning, depending on what my work schedule was like. I did a bunch of shift work. I did. I had never done an important job in my entire goddamn life. I could always get off work, but man, we would go down there and like sometimes I wouldn't even go to the damn game, man. Like it, we would just we'd go tailgate and then it's like, what do you mean go to the game? You can't go to the game because if you go to the game, you got to stop drinking and then you get hung. You're hung over by halftime. That ain't it. No, fuck that. We're staying at the tailgate. And what's awesome is everybody else went inside, so they've abandoned all their tailgates. So if we run a bat of beer, we'll just go over to this dipshit's cooler over here and grab his beer. Oh, my God, they left chips. They left dip. This is fucking amazing. We'd go down to the Florida-Georgia game, not every year, but sometimes. And, my God, what a what a wonderful experience that was, the tailgates and... and um. The gator bites and such, but we're in Athens, man. We're going to, we're tailgating. We're going to the bars afterwards. We're going to General Beauregard's, you know. We're doing stupid energy drink shots. We're getting tore up. We're going to uh, uh, Toppers. We're going to the strip club afterwards. So I'm not the biggest strip club fan in the world, but after a Georgia game, by God, it's fun. It's, you know, it's one place to hang out. Go to Volstead. You know, go to all the all the freaking sideways. One of my favorite bars in the world. Just exp- go eat at Little Italy. Just ah, just the see a show at the Georgia Theater. Just the greatest place in the world. The greatest fans. I know that a lot of people are listening to this going like, that is not true. Georgia fans are the absolute worst, biggest pieces of shit people on earth. You might be true. <laughs> they say there's nothing worse than a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fan, and I've been one. And by God, I was one on Monday. But I just got to tell you, man. And just so you know, uh, if, if you do not like hearing me gush about Georgia football, I would probably steer clear of what I'm going to write this week <laughs> because uh, it's probably going to feature uh, a, a nod to my Georgia Bulldogs. So I'm glad we're getting. I'm glad we're getting back here uh, on. Uh, Oh, my dumb, dumb brain. You know, I'm sorry we didn't have a, a episode last week. Or did we? I can't remember. Either way, I was in a, I was in Los Angeles, and we were shooting the episodes of the podcast. And I, I was staying in an Airbnb, which I like to do. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, hey, they're cheaper if I'm staying for a week. But it, the worst internet at this place. Like, my internet was awful, and my cell service wasn't great either, so I couldn't even hotspot it. So I got way behind on um, everything that I was supposed to do for y'all. And my commitments to y'all for this Substack. So we're a little bit behind on this week in Southern history. Uh, but again, as I just said, I think that everybody knows that when we when this week in history, this week in Southern history pops up, what it's going to be is this week in Southern history. The Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship, baby. So that's what it's going to be. Um, if you're listening to this and you didn't check your email or know, there is um, a, a, a This Week in Southern History throwback just popped up that unless you listen to my Through the Screen Door, you've actually never heard this one. And it was uh, the time Shannon Faulkner became the first female student at the Citadel. So there is an extra bonus one up there for you. I'm going to try to crank tomorrow's out as quick as I can. 
we just, uh, man, I'm telling you, between when I was sick and then the holidays and then having to go back to L.A., once you, y'all know how this is, especially if, it, if there's anybody out there that's listening to this that suffers from anxiety like I do, which I know there is because uh, I have a lot of people message me. They're like, hey, man, thank you for talking about anxiety. I have anxiety. And I'm so glad to hear somebody uh, with your accent talk about how it's okay to suffer from anxiety and depression, which it is, by God. Um but anyways, like, you know the feeling of when you get, like, a little bit behind, it is just absolute torture. Because it's, especially when it's like, I'm not, it's not me being lazy. It's just there's so much, and it starts piling up, and it starts piling up, and it starts piling up, and it seems like there's no end in sight. I felt that way for a little while, and uh, I really hope that it's not coming across in my work. If it is, I apologize, and thank you for being patient with me. Thank you, for the record, for all of the love that y'all have shown uh, the Substack, and and especially the This Week in Southern History um, segment, because I started making those little videos just to help promote it and you know get the get the thing out there, and y'all shared them so much that like we got a um, hundred new subscribers in one day, paid subscribers, and like like I said in earlier, you know, the more the more paid subscribers I have, so if you're out there and you and you subscribe for free, maybe consider bumping up to the five dollars. Um, we do it PBS style here, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just it's just you know give five dollars if you want, if not, whatever. Um, but the thing is, is that like there's a lot of things that I do that I have to do during the week, you know, like my other comedic jobs that um, it's they're not necessarily my passion quite like this week in southern history is in this Substack. I do them. It's, I enjoy them, and I enjoy working in, in the comedic world, but there's there's some of those things that, like, if I did not have to do them, I would not do them. Do you know what I'm saying? And the more subscribers we get on here, the more I can go, oh, wow, the This Week in Southern History is almost a full-time job. Hey, let's focus more on it, and, uh, and, and then I'll be able to do more, because that's the thing. I want to do more. I don't want to just, like, rack up money to do the same thing. The, the money is so that I can do more. It's something I'm very interested in. I've loved the feedback, and I thank y'all so much for sharing. Um, but anyways, enough about the Georgia Bulldogs and enough about uh, enough me promoting my own stuff to the people who are already on the platform that get the stuff. Somebody had asked me a while back on Twitter, and I wanted to answer it on here. They put it on one of the on one of the Substack comments. They said, "What's the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you?" And I wanted to share this uh, because. I I really <laughs> I think it's important to admit uh, when we look like a moron, and I think that this gives a really 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 good glimpse into my personality and how much of a up his own ass dickhead I can be from time to time. You don't say, Corey. Yes, thank you. Um, so. Right, it was two. Th the year was 2016. Okay, and I know that it was 2016 because 2016 is the year that my life changed so much for the better. My life has never been the same since 2016. And for those of you that do not know, and I know a lot of people were like, "Wait, the Trump presidency?" Yes, it was that year, and obviously uh, that was horrible, but objectively, my life got better in 2016. Not because of the presidency, but because my buddy Trey Crowder um, really exploded in the comedy world, 
and he did the very nice thing of taking me along for the ride. So Trey uh, goes viral, as it were. We start selling tickets. We, we go on tour together. And because of that, like, I mean, there was just a lot of crazy things happening. I mean, within uh, two or three weeks of that, we sold a book, and we're already in the middle of writing a freaking book. So, like, we're, you know, there's interviews happening. There's, oh, we're going to do this show, and we're going to do that show, and yada, yada, yada. And I remember uh, we were in Trey's house in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, all right? And we're sitting there, and I want to say that we were just, like, counting merch, or we were, like, getting the sizes of merch. We just got merch, and we were just so, we were looking at it, like, oh, my God, can you believe it? We have T-shirts, like, with our, like, our band's name on it, man. Like, it's fucking cool, man. So we're sitting there, and uh, and Trey's talking this, that, or the other, you know, talking about, oh, yeah, so-and-so, uh, yeah, I've got an interview for this, and uh, blah, 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 but just how we used to talk back then. Which Trey still does. He's a prick. I'm kidding. I love you, Trey. Um, and anyways, we're sitting there at the table and all chatting. And, and I look down and I'm getting a call. And it's a 423 number. And I'm like, I don't recognize this, but let me pick it up. And uh, I, I pick it up and I go, hello. And they go, yes, this is the uh, Chattanooga Times Free Press. And I'm just like, and that's my local paper. And I'm just like, well, I'm not local. Like, local would be, I guess, the Walker County Regional, whatever. But this is the big city paper, the Chattanooga Times Free Press. And I'm like, oh, my God. Here it is, baby. You know, they are, they're calling to get the scoop. They, wanna, they want to inform the Tri-County area that uh, the pride of Chickamauga, his career is taking off. And he's writing a book and yada, yada, yada. And, like, finally... Finally, all those people that I went to high school with who said that my 10-year prophecy was uh, uh, practicing my stand-up into a mirror in rehab, which, by the way, that's literally, I don't know if y'all did those in high school, but at the end, you know, they're giving out the superlatives and stuff, and they, they also did prophecies, and the girl stood up and read mine, and they're like, Corey Forster, in 10 years, will be practicing his stand-up routine uh, <laughs> in a uh, mirror in rehab. And for the record, my 10-year reunion was that year, 2016, okay? I was not going to go. I was not, I, before all this happened, I was not going to go because of how close that prophecy was to coming true. I, my career wasn't going anywhere. But then I sold a book, and by God, you won't believe it, but I showed up at that high school reunion just to see how everyone was doing. And it was a great moment for me. But anyways, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is the Chattanooga Times Free Press. I'm just, I'm already going through my head what I'm going to say, how I'm supposed to look cool, blah, 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 blah. So they're like, it's the Corey, this is the Chattanooga Times Free Press. I look at Trey and them, I go, oh, hey, it's the Chattanooga Times Free Press, guys. I'll be right back. I'm sure they want to talk about the book or something. I walk away from the table. They carry on with their conversation or whatever. <laughs> and I go and I said, uh, Yes, hey, this is Corey Forster. And they go, Corey, this is the Chattanooga Times Free Press. And we just wanted to let you know that we had noticed that you're no longer subscribed to our paper. And from the other room, they could hear the audible, Oh, God damn it! As I hung up in sheer embarrassment. And uh, I had to tell them what happened. So, yeah, that that was probably... Maybe I've fallen down and farted. Like, maybe, but I don't know. I think that it's... I think that it's trying to act all up my ass about the paper interviewing me, and turns out they were not calling to interview me, nor did they know who the fuck I was. They were just calling to make sure that I knew that my subscription had lapsed 
uh, for the Chattanooga Times Free Press. A lot of things have happened to me like that where where I, I just that things aren't going as as I think they're about to go, and it and it really confuses me, and I don't know how to handle the situation. One time when we were working for ABC on a sitcom, and uh, when we were, by the way, when we worked at ABC, um, we worked on the Disney lot, which is the coolest thing in the world. Like every day I went to work and my, uh, my route to, to, to work was on Dopey Drive. I would go down Dopey Drive to get to my office in the old animation building at Disney, and it was great. And one time I went to the, uh, they had a, um, they had a, uh, a store there where you get coffees and stuff, but they also had like sweatshirts and cool Mickey Mouse stuff and stationery. And I'm in there one day and I see this Donald Duck notebook and it's like a notebook that like it's, you, you unflap Donald's like head to open. It was a really cool notebook and I wanted it. So I go over there and I grab the notebook and I go up to the front and, and, I, and they're like, oh, sir, you can't have this. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't have this? And they're like, this is a. This is for employees only, and I didn't have a badge on or something, and I was like, I, I mean, I'm, I, I do work here, and they're like, no, so you're not, you're not one of the staff members, and blah blah blah. I was like, no, no, but I do, I do, I'm a writer, I'm a writer, and they're like, what show do you write on? And I was like, the show hasn't been made yet, like we're working on the show right now, and they're like, yes, sir, I'm sorry, you can't have the notebook, and I was just like, I, I. I hit. There's no way for me to prove to you that I hit, but I swear to God that I do. And I was so frustrated because, like, I'm I'm never prepared for the moment where someone says, "Sorry, sir, you can't have this Donald Duck notebook." And uh, I had a bit of a diva moment. So most of my embarrassing moments have been in situations like that, where, uh, yeah, I thought something was going one way and it was not going that way, and I ended up looking like a a complete horse's ass. Hey, since this is the uh, since this is the first dumb dumb brain, I think of uh, 2022. How about we kick it off uh, with a little rap song that my buddy, the Buttercream Dream, did just for 2022. It's taking Twitter by storm. If you ain't heard it, my man laid down the tracks. You can hear it right here. The first single from my man, the Buttercream Dream. That's right, baby. It's your boy, the champ. It's a buttercream dream production, baby. Taking you from 2021 all the way in to 2020. Skew! Lay it down, champ. You might have heard of me, my name's a buttercream dream and I reign supreme when I was in my teens. Only thing for me was drinking bean, eating pussy, and collard greens. Listen here real quick. You don't like my style, you can suck my dick. You can get in that line if you want to, Rick. I had to pull it at your grandmama's mouth real quick. Huh. Did the champ say that? I like the sun bitch better when the sun bitch fat. Yeah, sure, I lost weight, but in case you ain't know. I still identify as a fucking fat kid, yo. Huh. It's a buttercream dream. Same old me, brand new jeans. Brand new drawers, my t-shirt's clean. Go dog sick That's the same damn thing. Huh. Oh, it's the bridge of the song, baby. It's where the beat kind of drops a little bit in the buttercream dreams flow. Keep up, so he has to cut a promo, baby. Well, the buttercream dream is coming back even stronger in 2022, baby. A lot of you haters and jabronis thought you could hold the buttercream dream down. Well, you better think again, cuz, and listen here real quick, because the buttercream dream got something to say. I'm from the South, hell yeah. North Georgia raised and I praise Dale, yeah. Because of how I talk, people think that I'm dumb, but I talk how I talk, because I'm from where I'm from, huh? Bitch, I know words. Here's some for you. Lick my turds. Suck my butt. Munch my fart. The buttercream dream makes his money in the arts. Hup, hup. And if you don't like that, you can kiss my butt on the part that's fat. Hey, Happy New Year's. Hey. I holla back at you when I write part two. Hup. 
What an absolute moron. What an absolute lunatic. The buttercream dream. We'll have to have you back in the studio, my man. Can I tell y'all right now how much joy it brings me that y'all let me do that guy? Like, is it... You know what's... Like, when I was a kid, I had two dreams. And those dreams were to be either a professional wrestler or a stand-up comedian. Now, when I got older and I realized that in order to be a professional wrestler, I would actually have to wrestle and get my ass whipped, I was like, maybe comedy. Let's do comedy. But now, because of the power of the internet and lies, I kind of get to do both. It's really, truly phenomenal. And I, once again, I know I stay thanking y'all for things, but I genuinely mean it because uh, y'all allow me to be a a fake professional wrestler on the internet and I, I will never stop being appreciative of that. That uh, that rap was one of the most fun things that I've ever done. And I just love that uh, y'all encouraged me to do these stupid things. And we're, I'm wanting to get even more stupid on Substack. I uh, When I first started... Sorry, sip of water there. When I first started, I was doing some fiction stuff too. And I couldn't really find my groove on it. And then I started writing the This Week in Southern History. And they just blew up and they responded. And I'm, you know... You know, it's called show business for a reason. There is the business part where you got to go, all right, this is what people are responding to. This is what you do. But I am wanting to do some more crazy stuff on here as well. I just kind of couldn't figure out exactly what it is. So I what to, I had an idea one time of doing a whole universe where like there's a novelization of Buttercream Dream and Ain't Lita in that whole world. So shoot me, a, shoot me emails, buttercreamcory at gmail.com if you ever got something that you're like, I think you should write this. And I'll, you know, there's, there's a good chance that on a Saturday I might have the exact right amount of weed gummy and go, I'm doing that shit right there, buddy. Cause, uh, 2022 is going to be the, the year of the insanity, for me at least. I'm going to get real crazy with it, and I encourage you to as well. Because here's the thing, guys. The world is already insane. Let's just be insane with them. You know what I mean? Like, if things are going to continue to be crazy and we're going to continue to live in a goddamn dystopian hellscape, let's just... let's Lean just, into uh, it. Lean let's just, into it. It's right. Lean into it. Just lean all the way into it, buddy. I want to get... Absolutely wild, especially here on the Substack. And that's the beauty of these platforms, man. You do whatever the hell you want. So this year also, though, we need to... Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a PSA situation. Maybe some people are going to get mad at me, but I'm going to do it. We need to take care, better care of our brains in 2022. If I could get down here and... Is this ASMR? Is it ASMR when you're talking to a mic like this? I don't fucking know. But we need to... This year, man, you know... I've struggled with my mental health for, oh, let's see, da, 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 my whole life. <laughs> and uh, I've made no bones about it that I think because I grew up a man in the South that was like, that was not advantageous for that because men aren't supposed to talk about their mental health. And in the South, for some reason, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's not a real thing. Big yourself up by your bootstraps, you pussy. I don't know why that that's not a southern accent person. Um, but it's just always been, hey man, no, none of that's real. You know, like you get you you get sick, that's in your like organs and your bones. And I'm like, but your brain is is one of them and it's surrounded by one of them. Like, why can't we just okay, all right, I'll suck it up. And I had some breakthroughs in the past couple years on that. I'm still not 
getting maybe the help that I completely need, but uh, we're doing it little by little. Don't want to jump in all at once, but uh, but I'm being more open about it, which is has been kind of helping me. But I think we need to in 2022. I'm going to start practicing what I preach more in the sense of there's been a couple times where in my life somebody will treat me a certain way or I'll see somebody doing something and and it's now very clear to me that like oh they're dealing with something oh man like yeah this person has they've got something wrong with it man like something's up with their brain right now that's why they're doing this you know Corey you're not being real empathetic if the shoe was on the other foot, you would really hope that these people would give you a break. Does that make sense? I think my goal, and I don't want to, like, New Year's resolutions are silly, I guess. But I just try to grow little by little. And I think the goal this year for me is to start trying to see other people's perspective. Like, okay, I just watched the movie The Last Duel. Duel? The Last Duel? My God, I can't even talk. And I don't know if you saw The Last Duel, but The Last Duel is this it's a really rad movie. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote it, and it's some medieval stuff, and it's about uh well, it's about these two guys who end up having to duel because I don't want to give away too much of it, because it's a very simple plot. Therefore, if I give away too much, it's like that's almost the whole movie. Um, they end up having to duel, and the thing that they get mad about each other for is then told from three different perspectives. So the first, like, 40 minutes of the movie, it's from Matt Damon's perspective. And then the second part of the movie, it's from Adam Driver's perspective. And then the third part of the movie, it is from the female's perspective. And by God, I'm not just going to call her the female because I just said both of their names. So give me two seconds while I look up her name. She's awesome. She was in the... Uh, she was in the. Uh, Corey, she was in Free Jody Guy, Comer. too. Free Guy? It's Jody Yeah, she Comer. was in the thing with Ryan Reynolds. She's awesome. It's Jodie Comer. That's right. It's Jodie Comer. She was, uh, she was absolutely tremendous in that movie. The movie was great. And yeah, it's Free Guy. That's Free Guy. That's what it was. But anyways, they tell it from three different people's perspective, and the act and and it's so great because the acting is so subtle. They retell completely the same scenes, but just one thing will be kind of off because it's like, oh yeah, from his perspective, he did it this way, but the other person, the way they saw it, this is how they saw it. And that made me think, I was like, oh, duh, man. Like, how many things in your mind do you have such a concrete, you nut, this is exactly how this is. I'm holding, maybe it's, there's something you're holding grief inside for. You're holding, um, not grief, but like anger towards somebody for something. And like, they don't even know that you're mad at them because from their perspective, that is not at all how it went down. Or like... They said a thing that you're pissed about, but it's like, oh, they didn't mean it like that. It was just completely lost in translation. You heard it one way or like you just, hey, man, you can't really determine um, um, mood or inflection from a text message. Like there's so many things going on right now in all our relationships and people see them completely different and you are living with something that is just so unnecessary because you saw something the way that it wasn't even... I know that I'm fucking rambling right now, but that movie just really put that in perspective to me. It's like, oh yeah, there really isn't... Like, there is obviously such thing as the truth, but then there's like, your truth. And sometimes you can be wrong. Like, it's, like there's probably somebody right now that is mad at me about something I did, and I bet you I didn't mean what it was I did the way that they think I did. You know what I'm saying? 
And and vice versa. There's somebody that maybe I haven't talked to in a while because the last time we hung out, they pissed me off. And in their mind, what they did was like, no, I didn't. I said I said this. Oh, I meant what do you? Oh, you thought that's what I meant? Oh my God. We need to communicate more with people. That's so important. Like so many of my problems over the past my whole life, and especially you know in in my marriage. Not that my marriage has problems, but like with my parents. Like so many of them were just that we were on different pages and and we didn't realize it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that I'm going to try to be more empathetic to people this year and understand like, hey man, th- try to think about where they're coming from. Or just like, let people, give people a break sometimes. Like, someone says something to you, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe they were having a shit day. You know, haven't you had a shit day, Corey? Hasn't there been um, interactions you've had with people before where like they definitely didn't get the best of you like what you said in that five minutes is not in any way indicative of your character and you'd probably like a a, a, a redo well give these people the redo that you wish that you had and the thing is guys i hate to be a downer right now but you know life is uh short and fragile we lost bob saget over the weekend one of the most, you know, famous comics of all time, one of the funniest dudes, a real comics comic type guy that everybody just loved. 65 years old. I remember when I was a kid, 65 was like, if I heard somebody died at 65 when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh yeah, well, you know, they had a good run. That is not, I mean, (laughs) dude, 65 is just getting going, man. That's when you, hell, that's the golden, that's the year you're supposed to retire. <laughs> Which is so crazy. To a lot of people, are like, yeah, 65, that's a good run. And it's like, that's the year you're supposed, that's when life is supposed to begin. Bob had so much more to give, man. And I don't know the, I don't know the details of, of uh, his death. I can only hope that it was a peaceful situation. You know, uh, obviously, because he's a comedian, he died in a hotel room. There were the immediate questions of like, was there foul play? Was there? And and I get it. That's the um, that is unfortunately the stereotype about me and my people, and we've sort of uh, earned it. You know that whole we're all depressed and uh, oh, every all comedy comes from a dark place, which like I find it that's not true. Really, the, the older I get, the more I realize like it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, you know what I mean? Actually. The, the used to, I thought that I had to be depressed in order to make good comedy, and so I wouldn't ever try to help myself. And turns out I make way better stuff when I'm happy. Um, so just realizing how, you know, Bob did a sold-out show then that night, posted about it. So great to be back out there doing the thing I love, and then boom, dead. <laughs> it's not, tomorrow is not promised, so I think... Instead of thinking, how many goals can I achieve this year? Which, obviously, that's always at the forefront. But, like, it's just, how can I become more of an empathetic person? And how can we make the years that we have left matter more? And, like, being bitter towards people and and uh, and just being mad all the time, that just ain't for me anymore, man. I mean, obviously, I'm still very much going to be mad at, uh, you know, when politicians decide uh, that certain, that, uh, that like working class people shouldn't be able to afford a home, that's always going to p- piss me off. You know what I'm saying? But like, this, we just got to stop being so hair trigger mad about everything all the time. It's not healthy. It's not helping anything. Um, again, be mad in the right spots. And I'm not always mad in the right spots. 
And uh, what that does, I think, is if I'm always mad, then it's like I'm never mad. <laughs> then when there's something that I should be mad about, it's like, yeah, well, you just kind of wasted all your energy on the DMV. So now we don't really uh, give that much of a shit about what you've got to say about this proposed energy bill that I don't know shit about, for the record. But, yeah, that's what we're, that's what I'm going to do in 2022 is try to empathize more, let people off the hook, um, don't sweat the small stuff as much, and write more, baby. That's what I really want to do this year is write more, and I thank y'all so much for letting me write. Thank you for listening to this podcast, which, as we know, as most of you know, this podcast exists almost solely for me to talk about why you should subscribe to my Substack. But I'm glad people are here. I've heard people say that they uh, that they like they just like my voice, and so they just throw this on in the background, and maybe it's a comforting that way. And I think that's cool. I have toyed with the thought of doing a podcast that's kind of like a uh, bedtime story, you know, like me talking real low like this, and little Miss Muffet sat on her tuffet, eating her curds and whey. Maybe that would put some people to sleep. Uh, hey, Corey, why don't you just do your act? That'll put people to sleep. Thank you, other Corey. I really appreciate it. Um, but I appreciate everybody for being on this Substack. This year, we're going to write so many good things together, and we're going to uh, read so many good stories. And again, I'm always taking um, uh, advice or suggestions on stories. This Week in Southern History, the way that format goes, is I, again, I really do try to always make it be like that we're doing something that happened this week in Southern History. So if it's, but if there's like, you know, hey, July, you know, there's something you know happens in July, send it to me. I'll put it on my calendar. Be like, hey, come July, I'll write about this. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, I know that that's been the main focus of the Substack lately. I will get back to doing some essays on some stuff. Matter of fact, I've got one for next week that I want to start working on. But I'm really enjoying the This Week in Southern History. and It's just it's challenging. It's fun. And y'all are giving me such great feedback on it. And it means the world to me. So if you haven't subscribed at the $5 tier, I would encourage you to do so. If you can afford it, obviously. If you cannot afford it, do not even entertain that thought matter of fact if you genuinely can't afford it get at me buttercreamcory at gmail.com and i will comp you a subscription absolutely no questions asked i do not care a lot of people you know like to live their lives like oh that just means there's gonna be a bunch of people that could afford it and they're freeloading and they just went well you know what that's point zero 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 one percent maybe of the population i'm not gonna punish uh, the ones who actually um, do that just deserve a, a, a helping hand, and and otherwise, you know, they just want their fair shake. I'm not. I don't think we should live in a society where we punish people that need help because every now and then there's people who don't who take advantage of a system. That's how I feel. Sorry to get real political here at the end, but I love y'all very much. Thank you so much for listening to My Dumb Dumb Brain with Corey Ryan Forrester, the podcast that is barely a podcast. I don't know what it's about, but you're here and you're listening and I really appreciate you. And I will talk to you next week and uh, you'll hear This Week in Southern History uh, later on this week. And I love you for being patient with me and I hope uh, all of you have the most wonderful day in the world. Love you. See you later. Bye. Ski.